Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a special quick take episode of the pod where for about 20, 25 minutes, we feature one or two RSP members who will speak at Retail Now 2022. Now, if you're not familiar with Retail Now, it's the Retail IT Channel's number one trade show, education conference, and networking event scheduled for July 24th through 26th at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando. Retail Now will feature six education tracks and more than 20 education sessions, including one we'll discuss today titled Retail Now Live Lab, Social Media Strategies That Work. And we have two guests today to share some social media best practices with us. First, Karen Licker is the Director of Marketing for US and Canada for Evo Payments. She's worked in marketing most of her career, including being the founder of bankerstuff.com in 2007, where she was an early adopter of social media for financial institutions. Karen is also an active member of the RSPA Marketing Committee. Karen, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. And for those watching on YouTube, they're like, why isn't Karen on camera? You know how technology can be these days. Uh, her camera is not working, but glad you can join us by audio. So our spec second special guest is Dorian Sandy, the marketing director for RSPA VAR member OSS Data based in Cooper City, Florida. That's between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. So Dorian started his career in legal advertising before expanding into insurance, fitness centers, and now the hospitality space. He's also working on his master's degree at the University of Miami, focusing on search engine optimization. Hey, Dorian, great to meet you and welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no, thrilled to have you both here. And Karen, you're in Florida as well, is that correct? I am. I'm in Tampa. Yeah, sunny Tampa. Great, wonderful. Well, I am all the way up north in Erie, Pennsylvania. And for those watching on YouTube and you're like, man, that is a drab background. It looks like I'm giving a deposition of some sort. It's just a gray wall behind me. This is the last pod we are recording in the Erie studios. Uh, very shortly, I'm going to pack up the rest of uh, our, our family's belongings and driving down to Raleigh, North Carolina. So the next podcast for the Trusted Advisor should be in the brand new Raleigh office, Raleigh studios. So uh, again, thanks for those watching on YouTube, putting up with, with my boring background here. So, well, let's get to the heart of the matter. So Karen, you've been the driver behind this session that's gonna be at Retail Now, and I'm curious why you're describing it as a live lab. So like, how is it gonna be different from a typical trade show education session? Uh, thanks, Jim, that's a great question. Uh, I know that we've all been to plenty of conferences. And um, they begin to look and feel the same after a while. You know, we're all familiar with the hour-long uh, PowerPoint presentation, which is, is and can be very helpful. Um, but social media is live. It's online real-time. So uh, we thought, why not marry the two instead of the planned spontaneity of social, if you will, um, really uh, dive into social media accounts live, real-time, uh, and answer questions and provide feedback uh, in a live real-time setting. Got it. So should folks like bring their phones with them and uh, be ready to connect to the internet? Is it going to be something like that? Well, that and um, up on the screen, we'll actually, based on participants volunteering uh, their social accounts, we'll type them in right there, pull them up on the screen so everyone can see and we can discuss uh, and solicit feedback um, if, um, if participants are willing. 
Oh, very cool. Very nice. All right. So we'll very much have a, a workshop aspect to it and not with prepared materials, but with the folks uh, who are in the room. All right. Sounds, sounds very good. So, and so thank you for that uh, background. And so can we talk about, cause this is the question I always run into where executives are talking like social media, is just a bunch of busy work, right? But they don't know about the outcomes. So Dorian, if you can take this one first. So like what outcomes can social media generate for VARs and ISVs? Is it awareness only? Is it, you know, engagement with prospects and clients? Is there a lead gen aspect? Is it all of the above? Or is it like depends on the situation? So what are the outcomes social media can generate? Jim, uh, well, nowadays we update like constantly and social media goes, is the channel that we choose, like that we are in the time that we are doing right now. So I believe that it's informative, that it makes your decision making and it shouldn't be social media in a way that is like a colloquial language of what bars and ISBAs are capable to do through um, a reseller or somebody that is is trying to use it and then use it on their best convenience for their customers. Acknowledge what the product is and what can do for you to get it in a better way. And that's what social media is there for. Just having a clear way to present that or to like profile it or brand it to the clients. And, and that is really important because it's, you know, like you need to, you need to label and describe what is it in a way that they understand and see the capability of either software or either service or whatever we offer. God, so is it in part establishing credibility, right? Where you're unfiltered going with your message to your target audience and they can hear from you and walk away and go, well, OSS data, they must they must know what they're doing. Am I describing, am I understanding accurately what you're saying? Yes, uh, just credibility, but also, uh, you know, like, um, understand there's many like different components of the social media itself. Uh, social media can be good when you're reaching for a service for your reputation part to see exactly how we've been doing with other clients. So having that perspective, just, just not seeing that description from my end is also for users that uh, did it before and they grias the experience that they had. So it's really important to keep that up as well and to use that as a tool to give other users that, or maybe like users, like future users, a feedback from people that have been using it and how they feel about it. So it's like, you know, like it's not like kind of emotional. It's just the the experience that they had and that they are having with my product or service that I can understand how can I apply it within my company and how that can improve me in a better way. So that, is, that is, social media is like, I do believe it's like has both sides from the user perspective and also from the old, like the seller perspective. Right? And it's something that needs to be cultivated in a way that is easier for both to interact and, and you know, see what we can do and how can we get you better as a company. Great, thank you. Uh, Karen, what would you add to that from an outcome standpoint? And what have you seen if you've observed VARs and, and ISVs doing this? Again, awareness, engagement, um, you know, lead gen, what, what kind of things have you seen? What are results of social media when it's done well? Um, you know, Jim, I, I see actually all three. Um, I think that uh, it's a tool when used, social media as a utility, when used correctly, uh, mm -hmm. really can, um, all three outcomes you can see very well. One thing I just want to point out um, is that if overall, if you have no followers, nobody's going to see anything to begin with. Um, so the first thing that I would say is that um, with regard to prospects and clients, you need to find out where they're hanging out, right? Uh, find out where they hang out and make sure that you're appealing to them on those channels specifically. Um, and humanize your brand. 
when you're starting, I think um, being able to uh, people run your brand and run uh, VAR and ISV brands. So humanizing the brand out there on social uh, will help you increase followers and increase engagement. Um, And increasing engagement over time is really what helps for lead generation. Uh, Content is something else to pay strict attention to as well because the content that you're putting out there needs to resonate with your audience. Uh, and in as such, uh, drives traffic back to your website, which in turn helps increase with leads. Great. And if I can expand or ask you to expand upon the element of uh, humanizing your brand, like a pet peeve that I have is, and it happens at every trade show I go to, some exhibitor, all yeah. they say is, we're mm-hmm. at fill in name of trade show, visit us at booth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, that's mm-hmm. it. And then, but I, you know, I just saw right. recently example of an RSPA uh, member and they had, you know, their team at the booth, like taking, they had hardware equipment and they were pretending like a golf swing or something like that. And they had that on a GIF. Mm -hmm. Is that an example what they did of more humanizing rather than the, we are at this booth, be sure to visit our booth with no value attached. Is that what you mean when you say humanize? Absolutely. So there's two things. So both have their place. Um, right. So uh, a, a solid post with um, no people, right, talking about an upcoming show. Well, the people aren't at the uh, at the trade show yet. Right. So in order to humanize it, short of having pictures of uh, some of the staff creating posters to be at the show, I think a static photo at that point is fine. But, yes, lending okay. humanity to the brand, actually, and a, a sneak peek under the hood, if you will. Yeah. Go ahead and put those carousel images together of actually people engaging with other people um, at the show. And that really just lends a human element to your brand. Um, I I don't know any audience that isn't receptive to that. Uh, And if you can, at the same time, um, embrace kind of your core brand values at the same time, whether it's uh, getting together, engaging with people, whatever it is. Just 100% human. I've never... Mm -hmm. Um, Karen and also like humanize that that part I really uh, like that word because uh, you know it's like a colloquial language I will say it uh, social media is not something that you're gonna be really really formal using all of these words if not explaining how you would use this on daily basis or like you know how would be you know your approach to doing it so it may be a video of you applying that and just talking like you and me are talking right now that approach that you make with your client or well uh, or prospect client or whoever is interesting on your product or service it feels like from that human side instead of like you know promoting a descriptive uh, uh, a scripted way is an outcome that I really like because people get involved and engaged on that as well. Absolutely. Great. No, thank you for that. Uh, l- let me jump into, and uh, Dorian, if you can take this one first, and, and Karen touched upon a little bit, right? A lot of times folks are talking about the channel. Should I do Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok or, you know, whatever? What do VARs and ISVs need to understand before they start choosing? where they're going to engage, where they're going to publish content, you know, where they're going to do social media. What are some fundamental things they need to understand first? Well, that is like that with channels, you know, it's constantly changes. But, you know, I think they first need to start where people is looking for uh, the service or where they are looking for. So like just Karen said about the market, like where they are hanging out. So, you know, in my instance, you know, I will go straight to the search engines where they are searching for. And then, you know, had informative material in there, something as I just said, with a language that they understand what like the software does for you or the ISPAs or the bars can do for you or. Or um, 
and that and then after that you after you got a solid like platform with your profiles with your like all of that go and jump on social media because if you start with social media but like by itself and you don't have like no base on 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 any of those profiles first then you know how you can like balance that out and i believe that you know the social media is like it has to be optimized everything just from the profiles but also those channels that are right here like tiktok facebook any any of those interactions now one thing that i gets really effective it's like the small videos a 30 second videos showing what they're doing in a, in a language like you and i are speaking right now and that can be used like in many channels like tiktok facebook instagram linkedin like you can advertise with those little videos in there so or you can use them in all of the channels so it's really like what you create that content to have a really good base of background on it and then go from there and like also, you know, I, I do like to blog. I do like to like write something about what's happening right now. And, and, uh, and that's something that in your profile should be shared in all of your channels as well. So I try to connect everything at once. Like that is like a circle that optimizes it, whichever it comes from, but it's connected some way how, so to the other channels as well. So it's more like a creating a base and then, you know, going through that, through the channels itself, like that they are together. Um, in this case, maybe a website that goes linked to those channels and and uh, go from there because that's when you escalate once you get this going that you can start seeing return on investment if you want to do it in a way that you want to do pay advertising for it but you know you cannot do pay advertising before you establish a presence before you start engaging yeah. uh reputation reputation is a really important thing nowadays and i really focus on that before you yeah. start anything start asking your clients what what's going on how you feel about my product write it down i create even qr codes codes like for like you know my clients I say like go just put it back on my phone and then like show it to them and just like link it and the link takes them to the review and say like give me something I want to know I want to see your feedback because that make me better that make me learn that made me see what what I'm doing so I believe that those things all work together to get a best outcome and come like you know like in being proactive in social media great thank you and so uh karen you know what uh dorian said there is you know before you engage in social media you kind of have to hug your data right whether it's in the search engine data or what pages are most popular the topics on your site create content like you said 30 second videos and blog and then engage with your clients to make sure you're speaking to them what would you add to that in terms of what you recommend vars and isvs do before they start picking channels well, so as I said before, the first thing I would do is find out where your audience is hanging out, okay? Because mm -hmm. the one mistake that I see a lot of ours and ISVs make is they think, okay, it's social media. I need to be on every single channel there is. Right. And then right. I'm going to appeal to multiple audiences and say the same thing on every single channel in the same exact way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and really, it's okay. Pick one or two. Do them well. Pick one or two places where um, your where potential clients or your brand can make maximum impact. For example, um, you find that LinkedIn is more used for business, right? More business services, more uh, partners. So uh, you're more likely to find large-scale partners on LinkedIn, and it's business-driven. Dorian was correct. 30-second uh, reels with snippets of information uh, is really the, the wave in the future of social media for right now. Um, so you might find that uh, short reels on Instagram with regard to some short product demo or product information resonates really well on Instagram with a reel, but it really wouldn't go over so well on LinkedIn. So the yeah, secret really is appealing to multiple segments 
simultaneously, but differently. And you don't, it, one size fits all approach really just doesn't work. Pick two and do it really well and do it simultaneously for the audience that hangs on the utility. Got it. And the good news is for VARs and ISVs, you know, especially in our space where they're appealing to merchants, a lot of those merchants will have Facebook pages, Instagram pages, you know, Twitter, potentially or TikTok. Just go through and figure out each of your key customers, where do they have social? You're going to get to the end and it's going to be pretty clear, like which one or two channels yeah. uh, are mm -hmm. most popular cool. among those folks. You shouldn't guess, and you know, you can. There's an and exercise. It, yeah, and there's two more things, Jim, actually, that um, that I think that everyone should keep in mind um, with regard to choosing channels and, and how to interact and where to be. And that is that other than just engaging and appealing to an audience, there's a few other things that you can achieve uh, by being active or silent, if you will, uh, on social. And that is, number one, keeping an eye on the competition, right? So knowing what your competitors are doing, yeah. they may be living on different channels. It's okay if you're not active there, but you can still listen, number one. And number two, for um, bars and ISVs who are, you know, uh, who occasionally deal with maybe merchant issues or customer service issues, customer support issues, those may be on a different channel altogether. So it's really important to know where your audience hangs, by which channel, um, and, and don't ignore the elements like customer service and customer support too. Yeah. Great. Uh, Karen and Dorian, I have a couple uh, more questions left for you, but first we're going to pause just for a moment to thank our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsor is Blue Star. Our gold sponsors are Brother, CoCard, Heartland, ScantSource, and Shift4. And again, registration is open for Retail Now 2022. Again, it's the Retail IT Channel's number one trade show, education conference, and networking event. We're going to all be together at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando, July 24th through 26th. Retail Now is where the industry meets. Um, and I do have to say, it just popped into my head about uh, humanizing social media. This morning, I was in my office looking out the window. I'd never seen this before. It was a bunny running back and forth, and he was like in a fight with some crows. And so I took some pictures, posted it on social media, and got some uh, engagement out of that. So yeah, if you see something interesting, go ahead and share it, even if it's not like hard and fast mm -hmm. business. Give some folks some uh, some insight uh, into your into your life. I hope Karen's not, you know, shaking her head. We can't see her, but maybe she's like, you shouldn't be posting about fun. No, I saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw your buddy post this morning. I believe I liked it as well, and it did make me laugh. Uh, Good, <laughs> thank you. I, I should have shot some video. It was very, very strange to see, and uh, one of our uh, RSP members responded, in this corner, weighing in at seven ounces, right, to see these little little beasts going back and forth at each other. So, all right, uh, our time is limited. couple uh, questions left here on the Quick Take episode, um, and Karen, if you could take this one first, can you, how do you recommend to VARs and ISVs, how should they allocate labor to execute on some of the things that we're talking about here and some of the things you'll talk about uh, in your live lab, right? So should they dedicate internal labor, pay for external labor, right? Like outsource it? Or is it just adopting tools and then assigning somebody to do this with, with their left hand for social media publishing? How have you seen VARs and ISV successfully allocate labor to get the right outcomes we're talking about? Jim, that's a great question, and and really, it's it, it's a tricky one. But I um and and the answer is would definitely vary from um Bardivar. Um, I would say that um the biggest thing to keep in mind, right, whether or not you outsource it uh, or allocate resources, human capital internally, um, that is definitely just a personal choice. 
But what matters the most is, is that you are engaging on social media, posting content, and engaging with your audience regularly. So if you are very light on staff and you have a hard time coming up with content, that's okay. But at least if you are posting and engaging with regularity, say make it a habit to once a week, if that's all you have the time to do, that's okay. But it's the regularity matters more than sporadic activity once a month, once every two months, because you don't have the time or you're uh, trying to decide that uh, this content doesn't resonate, so let me take some time to come up with more. So regularity matters more. Um, and a, a good content calendar, which everybody um, at this session is going to get a copy of, a content calendar, plan it out. You know, planned spontaneity is tough. However, when it comes to knowing time of day, day of week, um, and how many posts a week you should be making, there is a little bit of a secret sauce. And part of it is planning it out in advance, right? So taking whatever resources you have, and if you have a dedicated part-time person, for example, have that part-time person split their time between developing content that can be split up and used in multiple ways, and lay it out really nicely on a thought-out social media calendar so that you can vary the content by type Plan it out in advance, and again, even if it's only two posts a week or you're, you're only allocating two hours a day, one hour a day, or even a minute a day, it's done with some pattern regularity so that your audience does get used to it. So you can make good and make use with whatever you have, but as far as doing it in-house or outsourcing it, that's really just a personal choice. Got it. And Karen, you can't see this and uh, neither can folks who are just listening on audio, but I'm holding up our content calendar that we have for the RSPA and then Chris <laughs> Arnold, um, who's our uh, director of marketing. Yep. He's the one who figures out from a social media standpoint. And before I ask Dorian to, to weigh in, if you produce a piece of content that is quality and thought leadership, you can share it more than once on social media, right? Like you can get a lot of mileage uh, out oh, of that thing. It's not, so I posted it once on Twitter and who it's gone forever. Well, here's the thing, though. So what you can do with one piece of content, what I love about a content calendar, first of all, is it allows you to experiment a little bit, right? So as long as you're not driven, you can't be driven by fear. You need to be willing to experiment a little bit here and there with content type. But the, there's a couple of secrets to sharing it and sharing it longer and often. And that is you can chop up one piece into multiple segments, repost it, reshare it, and uh, now that you have different venues by which you can make a 20-second reel um, uh, about one point in the piece of content, and then you're sharing it in, the, in a different way. You can use different images on different social media types. Um, one piece of content can go pretty far, uh, which is also a huge help with limited resources. Yeah, we can, we can chop up this podcast, as you said, into a whole bunch of different, like if Doreen wanted to do it for OSS, a whole bunch of quotes from him, right? Video clips, you can transcribe it and, and do something like that. The big, uh, the 10 cent uh, word for that, a 10 cent phrase would be content disaggregation um, yeah. in terms of taking a big piece of content and splitting it up. So, but uh, Doreen, I want to get you to weigh in as well, because your organization, you know, you're a reseller. You know, you're smaller. You don't have the resources of some of these, you know, giant companies out there. How do you allocate labor to be effective with social media? How much overhead is it? How do you tackle that? And what do you recommend to our listeners? Okay. Yeah. I want to do from my 
the resale perspective because I think this is the best way to answer this question. And I want to, you know, like, said so there is two things, outsourcing and source. When you have the option to choose, there is, like, bias on that because if you do it in-house, like, I'm doing it now, like I'm doing it, I'm taking over like in-house, everything from creating the content, the articles from zero. So I can manage and I can be really micromanaging that my blogs got the right keywords and as are talking about the topic that I needed to be up to date and I'm not paying a company to create that content that must, that it, it could not be what I wanted for targeting. So that's something to consider if we do an outsource. Outsource can be really helpful for editing purposes, for um, all of these other labor that it must be like, it's like time consuming and you can, you know, avoid it like for like simple design graphic design if you need for your imagery or all of that type of stuff you can use it that but you know like to that point to get the get like a outsource company that takes your marketing over for a small company you have to be really involved in-house to like commit to the vision of what you wanna like show to the public and to the clients and stuff like that so that will be on that um yeah i get i get a lot of uh people like want to get uh, a involved and you know offer me like this is what we can do for your business this is what I can do there but you know from my perspective I believe and that it's for a small company has to be from within the organization to start and if they if it's you know if it's smart to allocate some budget in outsource for these little things that editing a video that takes some time or for example you know editing a, a proofreading a, a article that needs to be read that takes some time so if you can give that to a company and do that and then you use that content for your like like your own use and post it on your weight and making sure that it's awkward with your vision I do it on that way and that's what I'm doing which has been working for now uh, but it takes it takes a lot of commitment uh, to get all the parts together when yeah. when good and uh, you can do it on the other way around but you know that is always going to be biased because it's an outsider uh, company doesn't know exactly what we want to focus on for example uh, I do some blog like now for natural gas uh, natural gas prices are skyrocketing. So what the people want to know is why this is happening, how this got uh, like that. And, and so I write about that. I write an article this past week about natural gas, like saying why this is happening. So I let my clients know that this is what is happening in a way like that. Uh, let, let's see if the if there is a marketing company is going to take and going to like, you know, like get those ideas right there, right going when it's needed. Yeah. So that's something we need to compare and contrast with a content is something you has to be take really meticulous. I am really detail oriented on, on that because this is what going to give me my outcome and that the content yeah. is really, really important. Yeah, and I agree with you, Dorian. You can there's some uh, labor you can outsource, but you cannot outsource your brain. You have to be the one who says, "Here's the message." You know your customers well enough, even if you're not a, a social media or content expert. So, and uh, so we're we're short on time, Karen and Dorian. Hoping you can each take about maybe a 30 seconds to answer this last question. So, you know, we want people to attend your live lab at retail now, and that's going to be a great resource for VARs and ISVs to learn about social media. Karen, first, what is one other, one or two other sources you would recommend? for folks who want to learn more about social media best practices? Um, I have a couple of favorites. Um, there are two uh, large-scale uh, social media groups on Facebook that are Facebook groups, and it's actually people, small businesses, and people that run small businesses that are in the trenches every single day um, that share tips, 
metrics and uh, apps, online resources. Uh, there's two of those uh, that I would go to. They're the largest ones if you do a search for social media groups uh, on Facebook. Uh, I'm a huge fan of marketing props as well. Uh, soup to nuts, anything marketing, marketing and social props. media driven. Props, P-R-O-F-S. Got it. Um, Great. Those Thank two, you. For those. those are my two biggest. Great. Dorian, uh, in 30 seconds, what are your uh, one or two uh, resources you'd recommend? Oh, uh, well, you know, I, I do like blogging a lot. So I only a few blogs and, and those are free. It's people that is wondering. So if you can find some something somebody or something uh, that is blogging about your industry it's great connected to that to see what they're doing what's going on with our clients even if it's not in your area it's around like you're saying other parts and but it that helps a lot and you know actually local when you are a small company you have to resource local too to know what 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 is going on who needs like help and and that and that that uh, that will be my two sources like for a small company perspective, um, that would be what I believe. Yeah, look in your look in your industry, look in your local market, and see what they're talking about. So you'll be up to speed. So wonderful. Well, that does it for this episode of the Trusted Advisor. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast, so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And be sure to register for Retail Now 2022. Again, that's July 24th through 26th at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando. Again, it's going to have a high-tech expo hall, plenty of networking opportunities, and several great education sessions, including the Retail Now Live Lab social media strategies that work. For all the details, visit the show at gorspa.org forward slash retail now before we go a big thanks again to dorian and karen for sharing their wisdom with us today thanks also to rsp director of marketing and strategic partnerships chris arnold for his production work joseph mcdade for our music and last but not least thanks so much to you for listening our goal at the rsp is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail it ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections for more information visit our website at gorspa.org thanks for listening and goodbye everybody